Welcome everybody to another episode of Strife Sanctum. My name is Citizen Strife and this week I'm going to give kind of a primer to a show I'm watching currently while doing a review of one that I know by heart. That being Trigun and Trigun Stampede. So for those unaware, Trigun was a show back in the late 90s. It's widely considered one of like the gold standard animes especially in that like early adult swim you know later toonami like toonami was a thing for like pokemon tetimuyo dragon ball stuff like that still would show up on Toona uh, adult swim but later on in the block you'd get stuff like cowboy bebop fooly cooly big l give or take trigon was always one of those gold standards and back when i was watching it when i'd stay up that late to watch oh shit did Trigun interest me but I will say this much it took a while to get there um Trigun is what I would consider a slow burn even though it doesn't look like it and that I will explain while also explaining first why Trigun Stampede sort of works and sort of doesn't um but suffice it to say the original Trigun is a master class it takes a while to get there, but you will be rewarded for sticking with it. Um, the best way I would describe Trigon Stampede, though, is they're trying something more self-serious while still kind of melding in things that you've seen from the early show. Like, here's a name, here's a character. Like, all of the characters are still there, save one, which has been a big issue. Um, watch, she'll probably show up out of nowhere as some sort of cameo and it'll make us feel, feel stupid. But, suffice it to say, most of the characters are the same, if slightly tweaked in presentation, to fit a more, I would say, self-serious and darker mode. Um, the people developing the visuals for Trigon Stampede or uh, Studio Orange, who did stuff like Land of the Lustrous. If you haven't seen it, I've reviewed it. It's fucking awesome. You should really check it out. Um, but yeah, Land of the Lustrous is good, and then they they were tasked with creating Trigon Stampede. A lot of the reasoning behind that is they have this like pseudo 3D CG kind of look, and man, do they make the action scenes look really fucking good. The problem becomes where Stampede is trying to mimic the show to a point. But they're trying to make it feel loose, but it doesn't. Um, the best way I would describe it is an episodic show like, say, Bebop or the original Trigun trying to be a super serious show when it clearly wasn't until it's earned that. Um... The first few episodes of Stampede, I'm not bugged by, oh, Meryl's a reporter now. Uh, I'm bugged that her partner's not Millie anymore. Yeah, that's a big fucking problem. Because it's the old guy, the curmudgeon, the drunk guy, you know. He's got kind of a thing, but he's not... He's too cool for school, but he hasn't earned it, right? He's one of those kinds of try-hard characters, and it just seems like he's not doing much. The show really succeeds when Vash is doing stuff, when the sequences in battle are, are there, because the battle sequences are fun. They actually made EG Mine actually threatening half the time. They actually make Knives threatening in a weird way, but they did it, and it's gory as hell. I, I will admit that. It took a few episodes, but goddamn, do they make the gore effects really fucking stand out. Um... 
but really it was Wolfwood showing up in the like episode four because I'm on the dub version. They're like a few episodes behind of the uploads in the sub version. Wolfwood's great. Yes, he's an undertaker instead of a priest. Don't give a shit. He looks the same, acts the same, talks the same, different voice actor, but still, he feels like Wolfwood should, and his interactions with Bash and Meryl, to an extent, really kind of help sell it, and even makes Mr. Roberto the tryhard kind of interesting, because they both sound like kind of curmudgeonly assholes. Wolfwood's still got that little con artist to him, and it works. I'm not going to say Stampede is great, but it's slowly turning around, and I would not have said that two episodes in. I think it takes, you know, there's that three-episode rule that exists in anime. Like, if you're not hooked by three episodes, you're probably not going to be. But even then, Trigon really took, like the original, it takes a long time to really get to the, to the meat. And I will talk about that when going to the original. But... They move stuff around, and it's weird. But again, this is a new adaptation to things. And again, I'm hopefully, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I would not have said that if I had recorded this two weeks ago. Um, but there are things I'm starting to like. The, the original Trigun, I kind of caught midway in. So, you know, when you when you find a new show or you start a show, you never know quite where you're starting unless... It says, okay, we're in episode 15 of 26 or whatever. And Trigun's a 24 or 26 episode show. And really, it doesn't stick. It doesn't really get going until episode 14, 15, 16. And even then, doesn't even start going until episode 20. Until that point, it does not take itself very seriously at all. It is trying to be a comedy, but it's a loose comedy. It's very just stuff happens and Vash is nice and he's trying to do everything the cool way and it's it's really neat so, so of course somebody had to walk by while I'm trying to record god damn it anyway so so anyway yeah somebody had her radio on while I'm trying to record that's fun anyway we're doing it live don't care so how do I describe Trigon well in a very deserted planet of some description with desert everywhere we have our main character, Vash the Stampede, voiced in both versions by Johnny Young Bosch. And Johnny's great. I mean, this was the role that he kind of... I mean, he was in the Power Rangers, I forget which season, but he went from that to anime, and holy shit, did he make success. Anime, video games, you name it, he's been in Persona 4, main character. He's been in every goddamn thing in the world, and he's always good at it. It helps. But this is kind of his known role, and it was a it was a thrill to know that he was back in, as Vash because it, I it wouldn't have worked. He's still he's still interesting in in a way as the new Vash, even though I mean it's the same character but they're done differently. In, in the original, he's happy go lucky, but you can kind of tell shit's gone south. He's a guy that does not want to tell people about his past. He doesn't want to reveal anything about him. He doesn't want to reveal who he knows, what he knows. He's just a wanderer. But he has a bounty on his head. The 60 billion double dollar man. That's the that's the tagline. He's a, he's wanted forever. He's just walking the land trying to be a goody two-shoes because shit happened in his past and we don't know why. And it takes like 
15, 16, 17 episodes, you get allusions to that. And, of you know, in the first half of the show, you're really just kind of following him around. He's kind of a kind of a dork, and he doesn't really know what he's doing, and he's just fucking around. He's a womanizer, but he's bad at it. He's he he doesn't like to shoot people. That's his main his main thing. He has a gun, this big fucking I think it's forty five caliber, maybe even bigger than that. Just big ass fucking gun, but he doesn't want to use it. Anytime he does, it's mostly to you know shoot at bullets in the air, dislodge things, ricochet shots, and disrupt enemies. And that's kind of his thing for the first few episodes is he doesn't want to fight anybody. We don't know why. We learn that throughout the show. And again, I don't want to spoil. I mean, it's been 25 years, but I don't want to spoil anything. Um, But he runs the ire of pretty much any bad guy doing any goddamn thing, doing anything, whatever. Meryl and Millie, voiced by Dorothy Elias Fawn and Leah Sargent, respectfully, they're insurance salesmen. And they keep talking about Bernardelli Insurance Society, and Meryl is just this, like, just overworked curmudgeon lady trying to just, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. This is really dumb. I gotta, we gotta do this, but she's committed to shit. She's committed to find who of her fascist stampede is. And Millie's kind of along for the ride as the, Hey, I'm super awesome and bubbly and happy. And she's sorely missed in the new version. Fucking hell. You know, because she balances things up because you have fascist stampede is happy go lucky, but dour some of the time you've got Meryl who just wants to shut the fuck up and is very kind of like not mean-spirited but uh, you know it's like she's like she stepped in dog shit every every second and um and Millie is there as as the bumbling sidekick slash I'm super fucking tall and I have a fucking stun gun that I can carry with one arm goody on me so so like Meryl and Millie can defend themselves but they're not like super good at it but they're enough and yeah uh, don't mess don't get in the way of Millie and her pudding that's all I'm going to say people who know who know anyway so they find Vash in the first episode they don't know that he's that guy everybody else knows but Meryl goes through this like four or five episode thing where she does not fucking recognize him or care and and that's one of the like few things that annoy me is like Stampede does it better Meryl knows and accepts that it's Vash's the Stampede the first episode. She doesn't pussyfoot around it. She doesn't make a joke out of it. The first four or five episodes, she's just like, this guy, and, and sure, I understand that. This guy caused all this trouble. This guy did it all. No. At least Stampede has the understanding that, yeah, this guy did it, and you can kind of tell he's really fucking hiding something a few episodes go by and they run into nicholas d wolfwood and and like i said in both versions he's pretty good and he does the hidden like i'm sort of good sort of bad con artist priest slash undertaker kind of thing and he does his own thing he knows who vash is he slowly gets to know Meryl and Millie as well, and they start traveling, and they kind of bounce around here and there. Wolfwood really kind of digs in um, two-thirds of the way into the show. Otherwise, he's just kind of there, you know, pussyfooting around for a few episodes, you know. But but they're good episodes, 
and and they're they're fun. I think one of the cool things in the early episodes is that Wolfwood and Vash really hit it off as this kind of odd couple. Like Vash is trying to be a dork. Wolfwood's kind of being straight laced, but still happy. You know, likes kids and runs an orphanage and all that junk. But you know that both of them are hiding something from each other, and they're both some reason good at their job, which is killing things and shooting things. And they they even make a whole episode about that, where they enter this like quick draw tournament. And you realize, oh shit, they're actually really fucking good at this. So episodes go by, and the, the, the first half is just kind of let's just do some stupid shit, let's make some horny ass jokes, and let's have some fun. And then things start to turn, and this is where the show really, really picks up. Is a guy named Legato Blue Summers, uh, voiced by Richard Cancino, who was uh, Roroni uh, Kenshin Humura. I, I was going to say Roroni Kenshin, that's the name of the show. But yeah, uh, Richard Cancino was in that. He was in Xenosaga 1 as the main villain. Then they changed his voice actor for some reason. I don't fucking know why they would do that. But anyway, um, so Legato shows up and says he knows who Vash is. Legato just is like mind reader, crazy guy who has these powers of like manipulating a dude. Like he takes this guy's arm and he just like takes it into his chest and he just fucking rips his heart. And it's like, he doesn't rip it out by his hands. He just squeezes it until he dies. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay. He's a bad guy. He's a very bad guy. What the fuck? And then everybody else in that fucking bar is fucking destroyed by the main villains, the gung-ho guns. In Stampede, they're kind of introduced here to there. Um, the parade of gung-ho guns for like the next 10 episodes or so is Vash fights that guy. Wolfwood fights that guy. Meryl and Millie just kind of stand and watch because they're not as good at it. You know, so they, they learn about stuff like... There is these spaceships that house these plants, which are these, like, sort of humanoid things, but not really. But they basically, like, they, they help the world subsist. But they're living beings, right? So Legato is trying to stop people from abusing that power for whatever reason. And he knows Vash for whatever reason. And we learn about this character known as Millions Knives, who is the mastermind of everything. Legato takes point. The gung-ho guns are the, are the uh, enemies of the day. They each have their kind of like unique powers or special skills that they do. Some are more effective than others at fucking with Vash and screwing with Wolfwood, but they won't kill him. I think Knives is trying to either convince Vash that it's a waste of time through Legato's work or he's just fucking with him and saying, you know what? Just just don't. We find out that Vash and Knives were brothers. Almost twins in a way. They they look different but I, think, I guess they were born at the same time. But they are the plant. They aren't humans, right? And they knew someone known as Rem back in one of those ships. But they split apart because knives says people are fucking dumb and you're stupid for helping them vash has been taught by rem that everybody's precious and you got this like weird dichotomy vash knows that the world is full of shit but is still trying to look on the bright side knives is trying to convince him that no this is some fucking bullshit 
And really, this show finally hits its stride when Legato stops fucking around and starts doing it himself. Like I said, he's got crazy superpowers and all this crazy shit. And it starts to come in the forefront right around episodes 23, 24, give or take. But even then, I'd say around episode 19 or 20, the game, the, the show stops fucking around with the comedy. And it's still there, but the show is like 80% comedy, 20% drama. It has switched into about 75% drama with a couple of stupid moments filtered in just, just to lighten the mood. But when it when it matters, when this show matters, when they're trying to tell you that Vash is pushed to the breaking the breaking point, he refuses to let in until it's too much. And what is he willing to do? Because he is so committed to the idea that Rem taught him that every life is precious even people who have done wrong people can be redeemed people can be rehabilitated and he refuses to just end their lives so legato comes and says what well, what cost you've almost killed all of my f all of my comrades not my friends fuck no legato and knives wouldn't give two shits about any of the gung-ho guns and they probably understand that they are hired killers and hired assassins and they do not give a fuck what vesh thinks so then they turn their attention to everybody else and they start thinking well who can you trust? Who can you believe in? And then all of the stuff starts to filter in and start to make sense. The reason that Trigun succeeds is those last few episodes where Legato and Knives start taking the forefront and they stop messing around with the enemies of the day, which are cool. But you slowly unravel this, like, it's a mystery that they're not trying to make a mystery, but they're trying to wait and give you that breadcrumb they're giving you breadcrumbs throughout the goofy shit in the early show when the second season hits they're starting to really ramp things up and they're saying all right now we're giving you higher stakes we're giving you things we're making you earn those higher stakes it's like playing a an rpg and going through boss fights over and over and over and slowly getting this is the reason this is what we're going for and now it really starts to hit home that they're trying to turn this show on its head. The issues I've had with Stampede was I think they were trying to earn the intensity way too fast. Something you might confuse Trigun for, the original, is they are trying way too slowly to earn your interest. But what those first initial 13 episodes are for are to give you Vash the Stampede, to give you Meryl, Millie, and Wolfwood and say... Who are these four characters, and what are their adventures? Well, they're just doing bumbling shit in the desert wasteland somewhere. And it, it's it's not perfect. And even some of the later episodes, are mi like mid-level episodes, there are some really like forgettable things. Like there's one that focuses on Meryl and Millie with a recurring villain and their family, which doesn't really go anywhere, and it's really kind of stupid, and it's like, well, you're giving me Vash the Stampede. Why am I taking a detour to focus on Meryl and Millie? I don't mind that, but the characters they face are dorks. Like, that was, like, early episode shit, and now you're giving me them there? No. Um, 
but yeah, if you get to episodes 15, 16, 17, 18, you know, that second half, it really starts to ramp up. And even though the comedy's there, and if you like the comedy, it's it's helping you learn Vash's, like, dual personality. And not in the, oh my god, I'm fucked up in the head kind of way. It's the, I'm trying to put on a brave face sort of way. And that's really important. This show is about Vash the Stampede. And whether or not you can deal with his eccentricities and then get to the parts where it really ramps up and really hits home what they're trying to do to him. Um, Because again, it is a show that takes a long time to get going. Is it perfect? No. I wish it was, you know, you could have cut a couple of episodes, but then again, this was back when 26 episodes was the norm instead of the 13. And that's going to be the struggle that I think Stampede's going to deal with is they're not going to earn all that, hey, I like these characters, now let's give them more intense shit to do, which the original had the luxury of doing, because there's a balancing act between giving you too much and not enough. So there's a perfect sweet spot. Um... Another issue I would say is Meryl in the first few episodes is annoying as fuck. She's meant to be. I, I gave you that analogy that she's always stepping in dog shit. Like, she's a likable person in that, like, I'm overworked and overstressed kind of way. You know, but it's it's just, for a while, it just grates on you. And, and she softens. You know, she softens. And again, the performance is great, so I'm not really worried about it. Um... Again, this is more of a Stampede problem than Trigun, but Millie not being in Stampede really fucking sucks because, again, you need that balancing act of the two. You need Vash being a fucking uh, dipshit and Meryl being an overworked stress ball and Millie isn't there to act as the comedic foil or the or the balancing act to be super happy-go-lucky and love everything, you know? Instead, we've got Mr. Curmudgeon guy. He could turn around, but again, I don't, I don't hold hope on that one, um, unless he's got a really cool backstory too. Which, um, again, I don't know how much you can do. Like those characters kind of work sometimes. Like Oren can work. I mean, he's less of a curmudgeon in Final Fantasy X as opposed to a mentor figure. But you can see what I'm going for like how many times have we seen the old dude who drinks and thinks everything is shit and you just have to realize that the world is shit you know that that kind of guy so it's not a good trade-off yet but again wolfwood is great in both shows and that helps the villains are great their their powers are cool especially back when like superpowers and weird shit wasn't like the norm or if they were they they don't overstay their welcome the only one who does is legato and he's the main villain by proxy of of knives so it's mostly knives being the mastermind which again i don't like but again they give you some things that knives has done to fuck with vash the whole time or screw with him the whole time so you can at least near the end understand why they're trying to fight and that final fight between vash and knives is actually pretty freaking cool in that oh they're doing the split screen they're twins let's do the you know that sort of cool thing it's kind of neat because they just spend the whole episode talking and shooting and fighting and talking and shooting but they're done in a neat way and that um and and i don't know what stampede is going to do because they're trying to make knives look way more like 
not emo, but um, I, I would put it in the like, where is his where is his charisma taking him? Is he taking him in a Joker method? Is he taking him in a in a serious serial killer method? Is all the gore surrounding him going to be a serial killer kind of? I mean, he is killing a lot of people, so he's got that going for him. But it's like, uh, I don't know. Again, I would have preferred the, hey, I'm dealing with the guy, the main guy. The main bad guy throughout the whole game, the whole show, I keep saying game, is Legato. Because he's the one taking the forefront or sending his goon squad. But again, they're done well enough that it's not that big an issue. And as stated, the characters are all good. It takes a while to get there. But if you're willing to kind of... Here's the way I would put it. Um, Cowboy Bebop was funny, but it was trying to be kind of sarcastic. It never tried to be laugh out loud in your face and do all these weird faces and goofy bullshit outside of a couple of like radical Edward. She was the comic relief and she would spend a few minutes just making goofy faces and goofy comments, but everybody else would kind of bounce off her as like, what the fuck, you know, or somebody would say some like weird ride joke. Trigun tries way too hard to be very fucking goofy. They're talking about donuts. They're talking about, you know, Vash being sort of horny for this girl way too much. Not really Meryl, no. But, you know, but you can see you can see the difference. They're trying to be outlandish. And I don't know if it's earned. So those early episodes do kind of grate on my nerves a little bit. So, again, it's one of those things where you're looking for something, it has both sides. It has this weird outlandish comic relief and these characters that bounce off each other well, slowly peeling back its veneer into really showing you, oh shit, this sticks the landing really fucking hard. And I'm normally not into those kinds of shows. I'm, I like knowing that I'm into a show right away like five to seven episodes in not 15 to 20 um but again these characters still can grab you in that sense trigun succeeds because the characters themselves are are all unique and they bounce off each other there's a chemistry there that still 25 years later give or take still holds up I'll rewatch this show once or twice a year just to remind myself, oh yeah, this shit still works despite my misgivings. And that's why it holds true. I mean, they've had stuff like Badlands Rumble and now Stampede and they've had like Trigun Maximum and whatnot. But that original show is what people are reminded of because of that ending. I can't stress that enough. The ending, like the last four or five episodes are just intense but you have to get through the last, like the first 20 to really appreciate the ride. But like something like say a Final Fantasy X, you know, you're rewarded with an ending that works. You're rewarded for sticking through it because sometimes endings don't always make sense. You're mostly just there for the ride and the journey and then the, the, like the Tales of Arise thing where the ending just goes and it doesn't really work. This works. And there are other shows that do endings properly, but this is one of the ones that where the ending is almost too good. You almost it almost sneaks up on you how good it is. But that'll do it for me. 
If I haven't said it, of course I would recommend the original Trigun. Why would I not? But that'll do it for me. And let's get to our list of shows and other podcasts. So next week is the long-awaited Final Fantasy VII review with Lee. Um, at time of recording, I'll probably be knee-deep into a Secret of Mana by now. But hey, Final Fantasy VII is done. We did two hours of recording. The thing I will say is that we talk about everything. Um, we even dabble into Final Fantasy VII Remake, talking about um, talking about Trigon Stampede in a way. It actually kind of talks, we kind of veer into stuff like Sailor Moon and Fullmetal Alchemist and Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. The idea of remakes, you know, nostalgia remakes, which again, Trigon Stampede pretty much is. Nostalgia is everywhere. You're never going to get away with it. You're always going to have that, okay, we're bringing back something we like, but in our way, in our vision. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, so it'll, it'll be a kind of nice jumping off point while we're talking about the mechanics of Final Fantasy VII and the story. Again, a lot of it is story. So it, it'll be a spoilerific review, but it'll be fun. Um, next up is Ruby Ice Queendom. And for all the praise I heaped on Trigun... Uh, this this will be one of those times where I sit there and go, nah. <laughs> I I will I will readily admit Ruby Ice Queendom was a big old wet fart, but I want to talk about why it was a wet fart, especially now that the new the new uh, the new uh, volume volume nine has come out and has some promise. So after that, we do Yakuza Like a Dragon again, really fucking amazing. But it's Yakuza, so of course it's amazing. Or I guess I just have to call it Like a Dragon now. I don't fucking know. And then, after that, a show I'm re-watching as I speak. Well, not as I speak, but while I'm doing this. Holic. Uh, known as XXX Holic, but it's called Holic. Um, and there's a reason for that. But it's another one of those shows, much like Trigun, that I could just put on and rewatch and be like, yeah, this is good. I like this. So, I'm busy, busy. And as mentioned, um, once April is done, I will be doing what's known as Mega May. I have a general idea of what stuff I'm going to cover for Mega Man games for those for those weeks of May, but I haven't made a list yet. I'm still going to do some community polls until then and then get to that. And then once that's once I've filled up to May, I'll start filling in May's schedule, and then we'll be set there. Um, I still have a gauge of what my 100th episode is going to be. I know absolutely sure. My hope is that I'm actually done with some of the things I want to do before I get to it. Otherwise, it's going to feel like weird timing. But I've already picked what I'm going to do. You guys probably know what I'm talking about. If you know anything about my channel, that's the hint. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any more hints. You can probably guess. But anyway, that'll do it for me, and I will see you guys next time. Citizen Strife, signing off.